0: Blog Talk
1: Radio Welcome ladies and gentlemen Welcome to the End Time Tribune Rittle me this Will you need your hinds feet in heaven? And tell me if you can Will you be given the wings of an eagle So you can fly to heaven? Let's get this started with a kick Shall we? Gentlemen, welcome to this edition of the In-time Tribune. It is good to be with you as we talk about the body of Christ. What does that mean? What gender are we? Well, let's get uh, Tim's introduction to the topic and how this entered his mind, and more importantly, how he's been doing here lately since we've had him on the last broadcast.
2: Hey, Matthew, how are you?
1: I am very well, thank you. How is yourself?
2: I've got no complaints. Family's good. Uh, Friday was the last day of school for my little one, and um, we had a nice day yesterday with family and friends. Uh, we um, we are in a very good place uh, from that perspective, and that is uh, that's a good thing, truly a blessing.
1: Yes, it is the summer. Uh, having the children be able to run around uh, all summer long is uh, well—that's a blessing unto itself. To be able to be in their presence, you know, when you're there at least, you know, because they make everything uh, better. Let me just put it that way: that they make everything better. Everything is better with them. Present, uh, no doubt about it So, what's your Opening comments on um, Why are we even taking a look At this, what, what made you Take a look at this um, You sent me a long List of uh, Chapters that uh, Directly uh, pertain To this, I'll just give People a heads up uh, This note was sent To me back March 25th He's Uh, Tim sent me a message I felt led to discuss Entering Jesus' rest 1 Kings 17 and 18 Job 3, Jeremiah 14 Matthew 8, 22 and 25 Hebrews 3 and 4 Revelation chapter 14 Uh, He let that stew For a couple of weeks And on May 8th he sent me this 2 Samuel 7, 12 The reference to the body Is male or female there I asked because it ties directly to Hebrews 3 and 4 So obviously your foundation was Hebrews chapters 3 and 4 Something had caught your attention to look there So uh, why don't you explain um, what brought your attention to that And uh, what got your gears turning Because that's important We need to know what got your gears turning
2: Because Amen
1: many people in the body today you you can't get their gears turning uh, you have to talk about something conspiratorial um, you have to talk about aliens or something to get their gears turning um, you know fallen angels is a big topic that will get their gears turning but this was obviously something different with you so we probably need to uh, you know let people know what got those gears in motion so go right ahead
2: Amen. And uh, just a a quick segue on the point about the children, you know, 20 minutes ago when I was getting ready to come on air, my my daughter heard um, some discussion and she was excited because, you know, the kids these days, they they all go on YouTube and watch kids doing things on YouTube. And it's all about me, 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 me. And, you know, innocently, she was like, can I see you on, am I going to be able to see you on YouTube? Or she didn't know what that meant. Um, and I just I told her, I said, you remember what I told you about the Bible. We're not supposed to add anything. We're not supposed to take anything away from it. And when you get in front of people to speak what God has uh, put in your heart, there's an additional burden and responsibility. And when I said that to her, she got real quiet, and I could tell that she was concerned about me. And she said, this isn't about um, me, 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 is it? And I said, no. And I said, if anything, you should pray that I say the right thing. Um, Spirit is with me, um, and of course Matthew is my elder. I defer to him. Uh, I respect Matthew. When when Matthew tells me I've gone too far, that I've said something wrong, I I accept it. Um, I try to the best of my ability to engage in these conversations with humility and openness, and as a person who has much to learn and. That is the spirit in which I approach this conversation and any other one with the body, uh, because the last thing I want to do is to lead anybody into confusion or to be a source of confusion. I, I don't have any interest in that. I approach these conversations from the perspective of love for all of you and to try and stimulate your own interest to get into the word of God to study and Really, we want to do that as children. Um, We're going to make mistakes. I'm going to say some silly things today. And if I do it in love, and I am under the covering of a brother who loves me, um, I will accept that correction. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, I will be brought into the path that I am intended to travel down. Amen?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Amen to that.
2: I've spent... The majority of my
1: time at the short end of the stick, no doubt about it, and uh, people don't realize that you will never increase in knowledge, wisdom, or understanding without first being the short end of the stick. It's just absolutely impossible because that's what Christ did. We all need to come to grips with that. Yes, Christ is the son of God He is the firstborn And yet what did he voluntarily do? He voluntarily became the shortest end of the stick So that goes without saying That goes without saying So when we take a look at the opening comments in this chapter that uh, Tim's brought up. You'll take note, that's where it starts from. Because when you talk about, you know, who is the greatest outside of Christ, there is no real question. Moses. The mighty lawgiver. I mean, of whom... Else can this be said that Satan argued over their body, literally got into a confrontation with Michael over what to do with Moses' body because he had, of course, not entered into his rest. Proofs in the pudding. Moses never got to cross the Jordan Of course Satan wanted to make sure uh, That uh, these things could never be proved Archaeologically speaking That's one thing you're never going to find Ladies and gentlemen All all hope of finding Moses' remains Is futile Just forget it, it's not going to happen But that's how Hebrews chapter 3 starts out And that's kind of a shock To the system Especially to um, A Jew What do you mean Moses is not the first Well Moses was, was many things But he's not Christ And no doubt about it, uh, there wouldn't be a house if Moses hadn't stuck up for the children of Israel because God had had enough of them. And God told Moses, I'll wipe them out, and I'll just use you. I will just create into myself a nation from you, Moses said. Well, he didn't tell God no, but he pleaded for them, and the rest is history. And you need to understand that what Moses pleaded for, Christ was given You see, Moses said, no, just kill me But God let him live But that question was answered with Christ Christ didn't, he didn't ask, he just did it So, with that backdrop in mind Boy, this takes on a whole new light And right from the beginning, uh, we're going to be referred to Numbers 14, Deuteronomy, the first chapter, Exodus. I I mean this is all over the place um, here, starting with verse 7 uh, to verse 11, of course. It's just a string of quotes from the law and the prophets. So, well… Temps, did you want to start uh, reading here, or did you have another particular set of verses you wanted to start a thought pattern from, uh,
2: wherever it may no,
1: be? It's it's fine with me. Uh,
2: Hebrews three is perfectly fine. But what, what would you what would you like me to start reading, and then we could discuss it?
1: I say right to the top and go to uh, verse eleven. We need to get the entire okay. connotation as to why he just stated what he stated. So, I'd read the first eleven verses.
2: Okay. All right. Hebrews 3, verse 1. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, faithful to him who appointed him just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things which were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion, on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said they always go astray in their hearts. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest.
1: You know, you have to hate it when God threatens you. There's, there's no easy way to put it any other way, but he ends this diatribe with, they shall not enter my rest as I swore in my wrath. They have been provoking him in the wilderness time and time and time and time again. You know, it's interesting uh, that when you take a look at verse 5, the New American Standard Bible says, which were to be spoken later, the KJV, uh, says spoken after. That's all done with one Greek word right there. It's just one word. It's a derivative of G2980, and it literally… Is prophecy. It is the future passive participle, and it means, well, the end, the finality of when this temple is going to be created. No doubt about it. He is talking illicitly to the final temple, the end of the matter. But we have this connotation here that, well, you're expected to remember uh, the trials. You're expected to know this is coming again. I mean verse verse seven through eight is very pointed. Even starting it out with the simple fact that it's the Holy Spirit that says this. So just take note, ladies and gentlemen, if you've ever said in your heart that Exodus uh, chapter 17 didn't happen, uh, you're calling the Holy Spirit a liar. If you've ever said that, oh, I don't know, Psalms chapter 95 wasn't true, you're calling the Holy Spirit a liar. Numbers 14… Deuteronomy, the first chapter Let me read that for you um, You know, the uh, the KJV Wherefore As the Holy Ghost saith So this is fact beyond belief This is fact beyond belief And time Knowing what particular Greek word Was used in verse 5 And when he says, I was grieved with that generation, you can take this to the bank. Korah's rebellion and the being tested and provoking the Lord your God, it's coming. No doubt about it. I mean, Revelation chapter 12 is very illicit in telling you that. And this is all part and parcel with, well, God creating his house. No doubt about it. And if the cornerstone of that house was Christ, it is obvious that you are nothing but a stone in the wall of that house. So, you know, that's why the very next verse, ladies and gentlemen, there can be no consternation, what what it means. The KJV, uh, you know, says, uh, take heed. So the next verses, um, you should know that he's going to tell you about what happened to these people, that... Tested the Lord their God in the wilderness He's going to tell you, I don't I don't need to read them I don't need to read ahead I don't need to read the final verses of the chapter I know what it's going to say I know what it's going to say because Well, I know Numbers 14 I know Deuteronomy chapter 1 I know Psalms 95 I, I know everything he's talking about Just because I remember I'm not special I remember what happened And that's what he's commanded me to remember Actually, he's told me to Teach these things uh, when I stand up, when I lay down, when I go in, when I come out, when I walk down the road. I'm supposed to continually, without wavering to the left and right, talk about those things, remember those things. So I, I know what he's going to talk about. There's no question in my mind. And that has dire consequences.  … or consequences in what is to come. You know, it's amazing, Thames, whenever you actually take part in construction. Let's say uh, uh, last winter I helped build a prison. Well, I don't know if it was a prison or if it was a maze. Uh, Absolutely amazing how the structure was set up because you – even working on it – It was quite difficult to get from one cell block to the next, and there was no windows, so it was a maze inside. So even if you did get out or break out of the particular cell block, that was the beginning of your troubles. You had actually escaped into a maze. It was set up – well, it was rather amazing. My point being this. After we were done, oh my goodness, the heap of leftover material that we had, Thames, was amazing. You know, all of the ceiling panels in the security part. Um, you know, nothing works out perfect. So if you have a, let's say, a hallway, Thames or a room that is not square by the foot, you have to cut off some of those panels. I mean, let's talk about the the plumbing Thames. There is no way to buy ten foot lengths of pipe. … and not have any scrap. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, it's impossible Absolutely. to do. Absolutely. There is – I mean there's thousands of dollars worth of scrap wire. Um, there are thousands of even cinder blocks that have to be cut at a 45-degree angle because the premise for this prison was set up off the calculations of a honeycomb. So we had massive blocks, and take note that these, some of these inside corners were 30 foot tall. So we had to scrap 70 cinder blocks to complete that inside corner, because we'd have to cut one at this angle, take the other one, cut it at that angle, and join them together in the adjoining walls. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, that's how construction works, that you can't build a house with just um, eight-foot two-by-fours. You can't do that. I mean in order to do that, all of the windows would have to be exactly eight-foot wide, and all the doors would have to be exactly eight-foot wide and exactly eight-foot tall. And and you better take this to the bank. That serves, serves a purpose. Just like when you slag a furnace. If you need steel, and you need it to be strong, you have to get her hot, get it to be molten liquid. Then you have to slag off the impurities with a rake in order to get that steel pure, or copper, or whatever else you're talking about. You will always have scrap, ladies and gentlemen. And it's amazing how much scrap you will have indeed. And you better beware. You can take this to your bank in the construction of Christ's temple. He's about ready to tell you in the following verses. You don't want to be part of the leftovers. You don't want to be part of the scrap that was used to create perfect dimensions because he's going to have what he wants. So that requires Amen. I mean, that. that's
2: literally, I mean, that's literally what he starts off with. I mean, you build anything, the first thing you do is you have to have a location.
3: I that's mean, correct. he's going to
2: make that clear when we get to Exodus, um, and he talks about the man, and we'll get into that. But you've actually got to have a place, and then you've got to have plans, and you actually have to have a system for measurement. And we'll get into all that today. And you've got to have materials. And in the case of of these structures, um, the materials were actually donated to the point of, well, if you didn't do it in time, you were restrained from actually giving. So there's a lot here to unpack. Um, Oh, there's –
1: And and one of the most important things that people don't realize is transportation. Tim's. How do you think those blocks magically got up 30 feet off of the ground? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, he, God is trying to describe things in a three-dimensional world for you when he don't have to operate that way. But you need to understand that <laughs> your sight, picking a sight, that's important. Yes, getting the material, that's important, but you got to get the material To the job site And then you have to assemble it In its proper place And that is way More difficult Than you can even imagine Way more difficult I mean It reminds me of the two pillars That Samson brought down In his final sacrifice Uh, Do you think those were put there by human hands? Oh no Uh uh So You've all seen on construction site great big front loaders, bulldozers. Oh, the transportation is the most difficult thing. And let's talk about uh, the temple that uh, God constructed. Of course, Haman was sent out to the four winds to gather material from here and gold from there and trees from here. Logistics is everything. So if you want to confuse somebody… about how a structure is going to be constructed, the first thing you would do would be confuse them concerning the method of transportation. You really would, especially if you told them, well, the only uh, means for your transportation is going to be uh, a pickup truck because that's not going to happen. Not ever. So if you're wanting to construct a cunningly devised fable, that's the first thing you're going to probably attack is your method of transportation. Make no mistakes Mm -hmm. about it. But people just don't realize this that aren't in construction temps. They don't realize how much scrap is left even from building a house. I mean, there's been houses that I've constructed. I, I remember one that uh, I built – it was uh, $2.5 million. It had 65,000 bricks on its outside. It was complete even with a dog shower. In its basement, I had uh, reconstructed <laughs> a gas station from the 1940s complete with pumps and a whole nine yards, and the burn pile burnt for three days. We had that much scrap lumber left over from the roof and everything. It took us three days to burn all the scrap. Three days. So, with that in mind, um, your comments and thoughts on that, let's just finish this chapter because I, I don't, I'm just telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I don't, I don't need to look ahead at the, uh, you know, with the verses after verse 11. I know what he's going to say because he's already said it. But, Tam's your thoughts?
2: Well, uh, the thing that sticks out most importantly to me um, that hasn't really been said yet uh, is, is that the entering into the rest, I mean, that's the thing that literally is on everybody's mind. Um, some people refer to it as the rapture. Um, and that is the thing that everyone is hoping for. And certainly that would have been the thing that those who were in the wilderness would have been hoping for, um, is a moment rest. I mean, they had just finished working for 400 years as slaves without rest. And yet the Lord makes a distinction between the time in the wilderness um, when their food was provided for them with entering in the land and that rest. Yes, he does.
1: And take note, um, ladies and gentlemen, um, Tim alluded to the simple fact that Well, ladies and gentlemen, so you thought that crossing the Jordan was entering your rest? I'm just asking. Tim made a valid point. So, during the 40 years they were on vacation, right? They were resting from their labors in Egypt, right? If that be the case, well, what did they enter when they crossed the Jordan? Does that stump you? Well, it should stump you. It should absolutely stump you. You need to s- – now you need to set up in your chair. You need to pay attention because the way you view things, that don't matter. There's only one point of view that matters, and that's the Lord your God's, his his point of view. That's That's what matters. And you need to think about this. Thames just brought up the simple fact they didn't even have to work for their food during the – because you know who was working, don't you? I mean who did perform the laborers so that their clothes wouldn't wear out for 40 years, ladies and gentlemen? Who fed them every day? I guess you better be Hope. He decides he wants to work some more for you. Because that's your only hope Because when his fury comes up in his face By God you're going to know it You're going to know it The only one who Worked in the wilderness Was the Lord your God That's the only one who worked So with that in mind um, I wonder what the next verses have to say It's Kind of got me wondering.
2: <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll pick it up in verse 12 here. Take care, brothers, lest there be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For those who have heard and yet rebelled, was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for forty years? Was it not those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but those who were disobedient? So we see That they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Wow.
1: Did any of you hear what he just said? Any of you? If you need a hint, you ain't got a clue. Because I assure you, you don't want this taking place in heaven. Not only is that not going to happen, that's – you can forget about it. That's not going to happen, okay? (laughs) You can be well rest assured. Did you catch what he said about – let me explain a few things to you. Before you put steel to the task, like let's say rafters, that is the roof support for that temple that Samson brought down in his final sacrifice uh, You had better perform a hardness test Before you installed those rafters in the roof of that temple Or doom. Now look, I'm sorry to say this But I've got to inform everybody I have saw this very thing happen I was building a Now sometimes I hesitate But you just need to know the details There is a Walmart, that's uh, south of Indianapolis, was building it. We were constructing – they were lifting up the steel beams to uh, the roof over the garden center. It gave way, and I was there, watched it happen as a man's head was pulverized. You can't say crushed because there was nothing left. You'll take note, he repeatedly said you need to have the right, well, tensile strength. You need to have the right hardness in order to be included in his temple. He made himself way clear, and he made himself very clear in the simple fact that this is all performed uh, before the construction process. The construction was crossing the Jordan into the promised land. That's when it was built. But the wilderness testing, that was when all the material was making sure it was up to code. Do you understand me now? Look, you do not want to install a water pipe, ladies and gentlemen, that's thin-walled or that has porosity in its… Casings. You don't want to do that. Porosity, ladies and gentlemen, is little pockets of air. And when you go to uh, transfer, let's say, not volts, let's say amps. When you're wanting to transfer, let's say, 1400 amps, you better have copper that's been properly tested and up to code
2: and insulated because if not <laughs> if it's
1: and, insu- and insulated because if not you are dead you you really are if the insulation is variant even to <laughs> a thousandth of an inch that can be detrimental and, and I hope everybody realizes that the wilderness Was the inspection of the building material to make sure it was up to code. Do you understand that, Thames? Have you ever heard anybody say that before?
2: I have not, but it makes perfect sense.
1: Well, that's that's what he just said. Standard
2: Building 101.
1: Well, you just heard him repeatedly say, make sure that your hearts do not become. Thames, let's go back 4,000 years, okay? What on earth did God just say? What did – what were the Israelites – what were the Egyptians, the Assyrians? What would the Assyrians think if you you said make sure your heart don't get hard? They would say, well, that's a heart attack. If my heart gets hard, I'm dead. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Your heart must be soft and malleable, ladies and gentlemen, or it can't beat. And if it don't beat, you're dead because – let me tell you what the paramedics do. When they show up, they don't use no fancy gauges or electric. No, 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 no. They check for motion. It's all the paramedics do when they show up. If your heart's not in motion and if your lungs are not in motion, you're dead. You're dead. If your lungs become hard or – of course, a nurse or a doctor would say, no, that's your diaphragm. It's your diaphragm that actually bleeds that muscle. It's It's actually the inversion of your heart, but you have to – Fear the Lord your God in order to gain understanding, and then study the diaphragm and study the heart to realize that, oh my goodness, the diaphragm is the exact opposite thing in creation as the heart. But I digress. If you're not soft, you're dead. doesn't matter if you have any brain activity or not. You're dead, so with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, that's why he just said this multiple times. He brought up the hardness of the building material. If it's too hard, do mm-hmm. you know what it is it's brittle it's 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 brittle. did you know that Thames? Yes, if you get steel if you get steel too hard, it's brittle. Do you know what brittle means it 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 has no flexibility. it'll snap like a twig right you don't want that Thames. You, you, you don't no. want that. that.
2: That's bad. You've got to be able to adjust the temperatures to a certain degree. Um, that's right. Too much and is bad and too just, little is bad. It's got to be just right.
1: So read verse 13 again with that understanding.
2: Read it one more time. Just okay. verse 13. But, exor, but exhort one another every day as long it is called today that none of you may harden – none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin.
1: Did you hear what he just said? Here, let me explain it to you. He said, here's what you're supposed to do to each other. Walk up to each other and pick each other up and bend each other to see how flexible you are to make sure sin is not entered in because it's sin. (laughs) It is the sin of rebellion that makes you lose your flexibility. Amen. It makes you
2: How did we start this conversation? How did did we, forgive me, but how did we start this (laughs) conversation? I literally said to you that you are my elder in Christ and I respect you and I respect the Holy Spirit and when you correct me, I'm going to accept that correction. I have to be malleable. I have to be teachable. If my pride is in the way... Pride was the thing that kept Pharaoh from letting the people go. His heart was hardened. That's rebellion is you know what's right but you do something else. You can't admit it.
1: That's right. That's right. And he's getting ready to tell you that. Read the next verse.
2: For we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end.
1: I I'm sorry. Why did he use the word firm there? (laughs) Here, let me read it in the New American Standard Bible. For we have become partakers in Christ if, if we hold fast or we adhere. Ladies and gentlemen, he's talking about the brittleness of a material. If it's not the proper tensile strength, I told you that it snaps or it will shatter. Let's, let's talk about a, a building block. If you don't use the right aggregate in those building blocks, if you put a certain amount of weight on them, they just shatter. They don't crack. They just go boom and explode. Same thing. So if we hold fast in the beginning… So you've been tested to see how brittle you are, and you are the proper tensile strength of our assurance firm until the end. You know what the end is, don't you, ladies and gentlemen? I'll riddle you. That's when his temple is built. You are that temple. And if you can't prove your hardness... Or your flexibility, I can use so many different words to describe it, but it really describes the same thing. If you do not hold your proper hardness until that temple is broke, you will be expelled. You'll be thrown in the scrap pile. Because let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Time is a wonderful thing. So is iron, so is so – is, do you know aluminum rust? Do you know most people besides uh, – the. Airplane mechanics don't know that. They call it white rust, ladies and gentlemen. The aluminum will turn to dust because the aluminum is really nothing. You didn't know that? Find yourself an airplane mechanic and ask him what happens if he starts inspecting his aircraft and it's got a bunch of white dust all over it. Ask him what that means. Ask him if, it's that, if that's good because it's the death of you is what it is. It's the death of you. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, you need to consider what I just said, that if you leave your cinder blocks out in the rain and then they go through the seasonal cycle of hot and cold, uh, don't you know that you have to test those blocks? If they've sat there all winter and now it's spring and they've been heated back up, you better test them because it can very well kill you if you don't. Everybody Let me say it me. a different
2: way. So, I'm sorry.
1: Go okay. Ahead. Well, I, Go I ahead. Just I'm was sorry. going to point out that I was just going to point out that people don't understand the reason that there's so many warehouses in the United States. That that they don't realize why all this, uh, oh, drywall and copper pipe and wire and all that stuff has to be put in a warehouse under climate control, or it loses its tensile strength.
2: Well, I was going to to say, um, going back to verse 14, for we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold to our original confidence firm to the end. Put yourself in the mindset of an Israeli leaving Egypt. Now you've gone into the desert. Where was your confidence supposed to be in? Didn't he always promise to make your enemies your footstool? He didn't say you were going to do it. He said that he was going to do it. Your confidence was never supposed to be in yourself. The Israelites did not defeat the Egyptians. No, that was the angel that went through and wiped everyone out. If your confidence is not in the Lord and it's in something else, then you don't have the right hardness. And this, to Matthew's point about leaving materials outside, that's literally what he's talking about when he gets to verse 17. He says, those who provoked for 40 years, was it not those who sinned whose bodies fell in the wilderness? Those were the ones whose blocks were not sufficient tensile strength. Because, of course, Caleb and Joshua were the only two that were able to get through that time of testing and actually have the proper hardness. Everyone else was not up to code.
1: Oh, no, I trumped that. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean like Tims and I explained, uh, you have to gather all the material first before you ever break ground. All that material has to be bought and paid for and then stored properly before it can be implemented into the structure. So everything that goes into the (laughs) I'm sorry if you think I'm being a smart aleck. But everything that goes into the temporary tabernacle is tested. Uh, That tabernacle uh, maintains climate control to make sure that the uh, building materials doesn't degrade until ground is broke. Did you hear what I just said? Because that's what I meant, because that's really what happens. I'm not lying to you. Not lying to you. All of the ma- building materials must be properly inspected and tested and then stored in a tabernacle warehouse until the structure of the temple is built. Doesn't matter if that temple is a Walmart or a bank or it doesn't matter, skyscraper. You're dead. You are dead indeed if that's not adhered to. And that's why this happened. That's why that, that's why this God was just telling you about the future building codes and procedures for construction thousands of years in advance. That's all he was doing. And if he did it any other way, Thames, I could be misled into believing that I could just be, you know, uh made in the forge put into the kiln, put into the form and then taken directly to the temple and put in place. Cuz I'm not. <laughs> I am not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. No, 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 no. I am not going to enter the kingdom of heaven unless I am the proper building material that has been inspected to code. You don't you you, you don't have to like it. I'm just telling you the truth. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, when they come up on the other side of the Red Sea, they didn't pop out in the Promised Land. Oh, no, they didn't. No, somebody's deceived you. And I mean deceived you in the worst way. Because, I mean, we we haven't even got to the next chapter. And no need to discuss Hebrews chapter 5. I mean, we, we haven't even talked about Uh, I don't think any of the chapters that Tim sent me in his initial list I know what they say More importantly, I understand what they mean And like I said, God just threatened you He, he, He really did No, this wasn't Jesus This was the Lord your God threatening you it's it's going to be this It's it, it's going to be his way or no way that That's the way it's going to be So if you think you're going to pop out of the furnace And be taken right to the temple And put in place You're daft Oh no Your hardness Your tensibility Your flexibility All those things need to be tested first So you can exclude You can preclude Any delusions of grandeur that you're going to heaven or that Moses entered the promised land. You can just get over it. That ain't going to happen. Now, I I got a feeling that concerning all these things, God's getting ready to tell you in the next verses, which is the next chapter, but I'm pretty sure he's going to remind you that uh, this is what he said and you could take it to the bank. He'll say something like I promised or I swore or I declared... I don't I don't need to wonder about what he's getting ready to do. I know what he's getting ready to do in the next verses. I mean, it might be at the end of the chapter, the beginning of the chapter, but he's going to remind you, no, this is what I said. This is what come out of my mouth. I don't care what comes out of the self-serving shepherd's mouth. I never asked them because I never cared. Never cared to know what they say or what their opinions are. But he'll he'll... He'll phrase it some sign away. He he he'll use promise or declared or something. Man, I'm, I I guarantee you. I'm I'm telling you, you need to listen for it because God's getting ready to tell you. Now this bit of information you can take to the bank. This is what I'm going to do, and I don't need any commentary on it. I'm God, and you're other. You're less than. So he's talking to you know angels seraphim cherubim dogs cats that's other than that's other than the lord he is god everything else is less than so i'm i'm telling you i may be wrong temps i'm not looking at at the next chapter yet i'm just telling you what he's going to do look for that word declare or promise or swore something like that it, it's coming your translation's going to use one particular word. I I'm, I'm telling you it's coming. I I'm I'm just telling you.
2: <laughs> well, literally so, um 7 through 11 um is really repeated. 12 through the end of the chapter is re- reiterating what he what he said 7 through 11, which um he's already repeated himself.
1: Amen. And I'm Pretty sure what he's getting ready to do in chapter four. I I could be wrong.
2: <laughs> well, let's get over there and, and and let's discuss. I'll read it and we'll discuss it. Uh, how far do you want me to go down into the chapter? Uh, with the first first stanza, well, what do you think?
1: Um. Well, I'll tell you, i I brought this up. I brought this up in the beginning, verse seven. Okay. I want you to do, here, let me quote from, This is what I want you to do Just as the Holy Spirit says That's what I want you to do, I want you to read until The Holy Spirit tells you, well, that's Enough, you need to stop and You need to remember what you just read So, how don't we run with that Amen So read as, read
2: as far as you want Go ahead Amen Okay, Hebrews 4 Therefore while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they, did not, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest as he has said, I have sworn in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has somewhere spoken of the 70th day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in the passage he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, And those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Again, he appoints a certain day today, saying through David, so long afterward, in these words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts.
1: Wow, did you catch that? This certain day did did anybody not catch that I'm sorry let may, maybe the KJV will say it better for us maybe i mean it, it's 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 possible verse 7 again he limiteth a certain day saying in david today after so long a time as it is said today if ye hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Uh 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 I think he's referring to things above our pay grade. You know, you realize that, that word there, that that King James Version word there, limit to that's horizon. Did you know that? That that's your root word for horizon. That's your boundary or point. It can be used to mean uh, degree to a certain point. But yeah, I'm 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 not lying to you. Literally literally what he said. <laughs> uh it's just completely off the charts. And he says horizo and then hermer day. And it, Ladies and gentlemen it's absolutely off the charts What he just said um, You'll take note That in this instance He wants you to see length Did you catch that, Temps? Because he did He mentioned length there It just took Ears that can hear It took, well how do some of the old timers It takes a certain um, Dispensation <laughs> I'm not, I shouldn't have said it that way That's that's probably bad But ladies and gentlemen He encoded it here to you Let me read verse 1 again Let's, let's use the KJV No problem with that Let us therefore Fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest Any of you should seem, what? To come short of it He had to phrase it a certain way so you could see it coming Ladies and gentlemen Now, that Greek word there is Well, just like everything else that comes out of his mouth is massively important. But it means to be later, to fall short, to be inferior. It means to – if you're talking about structural members, it means that, uh, well, you're not long enough or you're not hard enough or you're not flexible enough. You just don't cut it. You're not up to code.
2: How about not having enough oil in your lamp?
1: That means you don't have enough quantity.
2: You didn't understand
1: that, what I was saying? You see, Tams, the hardness of steel, don't you realize that it directly pertains to its atomic weight? It particularly pertains to how dense it is. Right. A hardness test denotes density, ladies and gentlemen. So he is telling us things just point blank that this is the way it is, and I told you it was coming. I knew he was going to say it. I knew he was going to say it. Straight from Psalm 95, I don't need to look it up. No reason to look it up. I know where it's at. I I know exactly what he said. Therefore, I swore in my anger, truly they shall not enter into my rest. So, if you're thinking that you're going to be partaking in a rapturous ascension unto the throne of God without being tested, without being up to code, you're deaf. That's, that's never going to happen. I told you he was going to say it. It's just – in this translation, uh, he says, I swore. In the KJV, yeah, he says sworn. Um, I told you it was coming. I, I, I told you that he didn't care, so he was just going to tell you. I, I told you that,
2: Tims. I, I warned you that. Well, well. How about this? How about the, the descriptions of heaven um, when he talks about the saints? Do they? I mean, they don't describe different factions and different notions of of thought and um, of what's right and what's wrong. And and literally here in Hebrews, he he says that they were not united by faith. Amen.
1: Exactly, exactly correct. Um, in heaven, they're always referred to being a multitude. Right. They're never They're never referred to being in rank and file. Never. No, no, you're lying if you say that. I don't need you to debate with me about it. I'll just outright call you a liar if you say something else. All those building materials, when they are viewed in heaven, they're just viewed as a multitude. They're just… They're in. Oh my goodness! They're all assembled at the building site. Okay, here let me explain to you. Well, uh, you have an address, right? Okay, your all your building materials was delivered to that building site, right? Yes, they were. That house. It was not legal to build that house anywhere except that particular building site, right?
2: Correct, Mundo.
1: That that's what you see in heaven. You see the multitude all in the right spot, not to rank and file. Tams, a two by four is completely worthless without the nail that holds it together. Didn't you know that? That's uh, right. Look, ladies and gentlemen, a look. I understand it that, that that you think your pretty wood floor is more important than the roof, but I assure you. That The shingles on top of that roof is worth a thousand times more than the floor because if the roof don't work, your floor is going to not be very good. Surely you knew that. So whenever the multitude is viewed in heaven, it's viewed together. It's just stated as a multitude. It's That's another way of saying a structure, a temple, a tabernacle, or a bank, a school, a house. He's referring to that as a… Uh, Multitude But you're supposed to know and understand That well You can't give anything prominence Because like I said A a two by four is worthless without a nail Or a screw It's worthless It's worthless. worthless So what you said goes without saying I mean that's just common knowledge I mean it's like us trying to talk about the sky being blue I mean what what's what's there to talk about yeah the sky's blue but in this day and age where cunningly devised fables have entered in the sky's no longer blue they say it's green They say that ascending the heights of heaven is good. That's good. Holy cow, I don't know which version they're reading out of. Even those in paradise right now that Christ brings back with him, they don't even get to heaven. you realize that? Tams, now don't lie to me. Does God say anywhere in the Bible that he takes those, the saints that are in paradise and... He takes them to heaven with him. I'm I pers- never say he says he brings them back to planet Earth so he can set up his kingdom right. and they can be resurrected. That, that's what he says, right? Or am I wrong?
2: I mean, I could be wrong. Well, you're right. That's that's exactly what he says. And literally, heaven comes to us. Yes. It's not the other way around. Heaven comes down to us. It's not the other way around.
1: And I'll tell you why. Did he rapture Adam and Eve to heaven every day in the cool of the day? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I confuse you? Explain to me, Tams. what happened during the cool of the day?
2: The Father would come to them. Okay. And He'd come down to them. I mean – go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) And this generation don't have the wherewithal to understand that that's what the point of all this is, is so he can – that's what he wants to do, and, well, that's what he's going to do. He's going to make it so he can do that again. You don't have the – this generation don't have the wherewithal to understand that?
2: Well, people, if you if you if you're trying to wrap your brains around that, just flip over a few chapters up in Genesis where he describes the interaction between Abraham and the angels when they show up on the scene. I mean, that's literally a picture of what was going on in the cool of the day.
1: I don't know, mate. Maybe I got it wrong. Here, let's let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> now, the first thing that people's going to have trouble remembering is is because look, these SS shepherds, these self serving shepherds, have done a bang up job. They're going to sit there and I, I know what they're going. to – They have to lie about it. Um, they're going to say that God just did that with Adam. I know immediately. Immediately what they're going to try to do. So I'm sitting here saying this, and let me riddle you, ladies and gentlemen. Did God just walk with Eve, or did he walk with Adam and Eve? Because that's pretty critical, don't you think? I don't know, maybe. Anyway, Uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, they heard – yes, Adam and Eve They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. of course, the $144,000 question... The first riddle ever put forth by the Lord our God. Well, who told you you were naked? God's still pretty upset about that. He's still fuming over that. But we going to have it his way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's going to be his way. And Adam and Eve were never raptured to heaven. Oh, no. You've been lied to. You've been lied to. Somebody lied to you. For a reason, of course. I mean, they had to set your mind up for the fall. All psychologists can tell you that. How, propag- how you can propagandize the human mind. It's really kind of easy to do. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's what we're going to. That's what we're going to do. And uh, if you don't think you're not going to be tested to make sure you're the right strength up to code, you've got another thing coming. If you don't understand that Satan's going to be used to do that. well you're you're daft maybe because that's what always happened it didn't happen any other way the serpent was used to test so i don't i don't know what other way to view this i really don't i don't have any other Vantage point to use, outside of what I've been giving.
2: That—that's all I have. Well, he's always the same, and the same way that uh, you were tested in the wilderness. What, I mean, where did Satan meet up with our Lord and Savior? Uh-huh.
1: Well, Thames don't be so short-sighted. <laughs> where well, was the only place he was permitted to do it, duh? Oh man. Do you not think that he, oh ladies and gentlemen, you don't think that Satan didn't desire to test Christ and you know well, what was the capital of the time duh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the serpent tested Eve, where in the garden? It wasn't where the tree of knowledge of good and evil wasn't. Why didn't he take her to – look, Timms, can you explain this to me? Why didn't he take her to the peach trees? He wasn't permitted to take her to the peach trees because that would have done no good. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, and you're once talking again, this
2: is... about the place. I mean, you're talking about being in the place that you're supposed to be, which if we get to enough time, we'll get to that in Exodus, because I think that really gives some very good insight into placement. Um, that elucidates that very, very well.
1: Well, yeah, it, it does. And as far as placement goes, he's getting ready to talk about that in Hebrews chapter 8, as a matter of fact he refers to how do you explain it? Well, I mean, he explains it best. But there's joints, and there's the tendons that hold those joints in place. Well, let's go back to the to the studs in your wall. They're only held together because they're divided by nails. You didn't know that? Yeah. He's about to tell you what the glue is, and he don't care what you think. He's just going to tell you. And if you're not being held into place by that one thing, you're just going to fall out of the wall. I mean there's there's no purpose to stand up the stud. It's just going to fall over. There's no purpose for you to have an arm; it's just gonna fall off without tendons. I mean, it's. it's but anyway, he's he's getting ready to explain it to you because you can't. Well, times you can't put a stud in place with just a. Let's say a cotter pin. You can't do that. It has to be sharp like a dart. You understand? You can't have a a blunt face nail. They don't they don't work. They just Split the wood out and destroy it. You didn't know that. Well, I mean, ma- I didn't. Maybe you didn't know that. But you know, uh, that's why you've never seen in your whole life a blunt-ended screw. You you're, you you can have machine screws, but not not lumber <laughs> screws. That, that don't work. Right. So anyway, I, I got a feeling he's getting ready to to tell you about it. What what this is that puts you in your place and holds you in place. I mean, we, you 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 have to be told something. This this structure is held together by something. It's it's not urethreal. It doesn't just the stud doesn't stand there because it wants to. There's something else at, at work. So anyway. Um, Maybe we ought to finish reading the chapter. I don't know. I could be wrong,
2: but... Amen. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fail to be so no one may fail by the same sort of disobedience for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart and no creature is hidden from his sight but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account I'll stop rare because there's just a lot there to unpack
1: A lot there to unpack. He just he just kind of told you that he himself is the inspector of the building material. I mean, point blank range. He just told you that he himself is the inspector of the building material. And if we don't, (laughs) (laughs) I love how does a KJ. That hold fast or securely Something like that Let let me see this Yeah the KJV says about the same thing Let us hold fast our profession I mean it's almost like I knew It already said that before I used the example Of standing a stud up in place (laughs) It's not going to stand there It's not going to stand there Unless it's pierced, Tim's I don't care if you believe me or not And uh, can you answer me a riddle, Thames? Is is that all right? Am I allowed to riddle you? Or am I the only one that's allowed to be
2: riddled? Amen. Uh,
1: why didn't he say Moses? He, he didn't say Moses,
2: did he? Right.
1: Now, can you read that? Verse again, because I'm not quite sure um, I can put it into place.
2: From chapter 3, the the
1: verse? Well, um, who was just
2: mentioned here?
1: Read verse 8. You just
2: uh, read it. Joshua. For if Joshua had given them rest... God would not have spoken of a day later on.
1: Well, wait a minute. I thought it was Moses. Yeah. And I'm surprised that you couldn't point. remember that you just read it. I mean, you you just read it. So,
0: <laughs> because no, a we point. started out,
1: we started out this program. You saying that well, you know, they crossed the Red Sea and they entered the rest from all their labors in Egypt, right? Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No. I'm sorry, but – here, let me read it for you in the KJV. I mean, but, but I know what you stated in the beginning of this episode. Now, the KJV says something else. It says, for if Jesus had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. Now, the KJV is—I don't know what's going on here because uh, that's kind of well. I mean, well, of course it's Jesus. I mean, he—he—he he, he does run the show, no doubt about it. But this is definitely talking about Joshua chapter twenty-two, verse four. Here, i i will just read it for you. And now the Lord, your God, has given rest to your brothers as he spoke to them. So maybe here the KJV is is thinking that Jesus is that who spoke to them. I mean, that, that, that could be. Therefore, turn now and go to your tents, to the land of your possession, which, hmm, that's interesting. Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan. So did you realize that the that the KJV switches it up here and says it's Jesus and not
2: Joshua? I did not. Did you realize that.
1: that? Really? No. That's why the new translations uh, actually stated correctly that was Joshua that said that, and he said that, I mean point blank range. That's that's a quote from Joshua chapter twenty two verse four but Joshua is not referring to himself he refers to Moses now the he in there could be Jesus I, well i mean it is Jesus i mean don't 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 let me make a stupid mistake yes it was god that and jesus that said those things about the the promise and all that i'm just reminding everybody that that's a direct quote from what Joshua was speaking about and more importantly uh let's switch back to the KJV Where did Jesus say that at? So anyway, we're crossing thresholds here. But I I just wanted to riddle Thames to see if he could uh, (laughs) see what's going on there. But no doubt about it. uh, Jesus, all things are done through him. No doubt about it. So it's, it's, it's not incorrect for... For the KJV to mention Jesus But you just need to Write down in your notes ladies and gentlemen That's actually a quote from uh, Joshua chapter 22 Verse 4 So that's why the translations do that Because you got to scratch your head and say well, Which one do we put? Do we want to put Jesus or do we want to put Joshua? Because well Ladies and gentlemen look at it in the Greek You're going to be talking You know you have to choose one or the other to write in the English And there's a reason for that Ladies and gentlemen, you didn't know that There's a reason for that So He's getting ready to make References here that are probably Off the charts Make no mistakes about it Because uh, he's going to have to clarify himself Knowing in advance that in this instance you have to use Jesus or Joshua, which is in direct reference back to, of course, the prophecy of Zerubbabel and Joshua being the high priest there. So he's going to have to expand upon this to make sure that it doesn't matter what English translation, or maybe you're reading this in, you know, Spanish. He's going to clarify himself. He's going to make sure that you understand that it. it was then, it is now, and by God, that's how it's going to be because that's what he said. He he didn't mean anything else. So Tim's uh, – your comments on that. I mean
2: I was riddling you,
1: so what is your thoughts about that?
2: Well, I, I immediately um... – when it talks about again, when it, the entering the rest, I go, I, I kept going back to the prophecies in uh, Second Samuel uh, chapter seven, um, because chapter seven and chapter five, the things that he says there, you know, the bone of bone of your bone, and thinking that the lame would would keep him away, and then the reference to uh, putting down all of the enemies and entering the rest that's that's what i was um that's the connection i was making there
1: well fine um elaborate on that or maybe i'll give you a few minutes we've oh my goodness we've already been on air for an hour and a half um you know what (laughs) that's how we will continue after the break i'm going to play a break uh I did so much labor over this, I might as well just do it again. This is Revelation 6 and 7 with Amos 9 interweaved into it because that's, that's, that's what it is. It's a cloth. And here he makes, him, he makes himself pretty clear about what building materials he's going to use. So, Tims, you just collect your thoughts on what you just said, and we'll proceed from there. No big deal. We'll be back in 7 minutes, 45 seconds with coffee in tow. We'll be right
3: back, ladies and gentlemen. I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Then white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them, that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. I saw the Lord standing upon the altar, and he said, Smite the lintel of the door, that the posts may shake, and cut them in the head, all of them. And I will slay the last of them with the sword. He that fleeth of them shall not flee away, and he that escapeth of them shall not be delivered. Though they dig into hell, thence shall mine hand take them. Though they climb up to heaven, thence will I bring them down. And though they hide themselves in the top of Carmel, I will search and take them out thence. And though they be hid from my sight in the bottom of the sea, thence will I command the serpent, and he shall bite them. And though they go into captivity before their enemies, thence will I command the sword, and it shall slay them. And I will set mine eyes upon them for evil and not for good. And though they go into captivity before their enemies, thence will I command the sword, and it shall slay them. And I will set mine eyes upon them for evil and not for good. And the Lord God of hosts is he that toucheth the land, and it shall melt, and all that dwell therein shall mourn, and it shall rise up holy like a flood, and shall be drowned as by the flood of Egypt. It is he that buildeth his stories in the heaven, and hath founded his troop in the earth, He that calleth for the waters of the sea, and poureth them out upon the face of the earth, the Lord is his name. There was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it was rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places, and the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man hid themselves in the dens, and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come and who shall be able to stand are ye not as children of the Ethiopians unto me O children of Israel saith the Lord have not I brought up Israel out of the land of Egypt and the Philistines from Kaphtor and the Syrians from Ker behold the eyes of the Lord God are upon the sinful kingdom and I will destroy it from off the face of the earth saving that I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, saith the Lord. For, lo, I will command, and I will sift the house of Israel among all nations, like as corn is sifted in a sieve, yet shall not the least grain fall upon the earth. All the sinners of my people shall die by the sword, which say, The evil shall not overtake nor prevent us. And after these things I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. And they were sealed. an 140 and 4,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Gad were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Asher were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Nephtalim were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Manassas were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Simeon were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Levi were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Issachar were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Zabulon were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Joseph were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed twelve thousand. In that day will I raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen, and close up the breaches thereof. And I will raise up his ruins, and I will build it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom, and of all the heathen which are called by my name, saith the Lord that doeth this. After this I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds, and people in tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying, Unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple, And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper, And the treader of grapes, him that soweth seed. And the mountain shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt. And I will bring again the captivity of my people of Israel. And they shall build the waste cities, and inhabit them. And they shall plant vineyards, and drink the wine thereof. They shall also make gardens, and eat the fruit of them. And I will plant them upon their land and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land which I have given them, saith the Lord thy God.
1: Good stuff indeed. Good stuff indeed. So, Tams, you know, you need to collect your thoughts, and we need to get the message across. Um... But God's given you to give. I mean, sometimes I go on and on and on and on and on and and I just uh, forget what the point is. So, you know, elaborate on your comments before the break.
2: Well, there's um, there's some very interesting references, particularly in Samuel. Um, When you look at the life of, Samuel, the first three chapters are basically a commentary on the 144,000, and David uh, literally gives us the timeline of that which is to come. And there's just, when you go back and you read Samuel all the time, I'm just constantly reminded of things that, words that are used that just, they just don't seem like they belong there, Um but then, when you take an isochronal view of things, it, it makes sense. Um, but you know, just I'll just read it. Maybe that's a, maybe that's the best way to approach it. Um, so, Second Samuel, the fifth chapter. And forgive me, everybody. My eyes are starting to change. I um, this is, you know, I, I think I may be approaching the point where I need to start wearing bifocals because. The things that correct vision for one is not doing what it needs to do for the other, and sometimes I struggle a little bit now with, with reading. Um, so forgive me when I struggle with words here from time to time. I'm trying to adjust my focus so that I can see everything on the page. Um, but here's Second Samuel uh, chapter 5. There's a lot of interesting things here to unpack, which I uh, believe are tied into this. Um, So this is when David is anointed king of Israel. And and keep in mind that prior to that, he had been anointed king of Judah here in chapter five. uh, Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Behold, we are your bone and flesh. In times past, when Saul was king over us, it was you who led and brought in Israel. And the Lord said to you, You shall be the shepherd of my people, Israel and you shall be prince over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years. At Hebron he reigned over Judah seven years and six months, and at Jerusalem he reigned over all of Israel and Judah 33 years. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, who said to David, You will not come here, but the blind and the lame will ward you off, thinking David cannot come here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. And David said on that day, Whoever would strike the Jebusites, let him get up the water shaft to attack the lame and the blind, who are hated by David's soul. Therefore it is said, the blind and the lame shall not come into the house. And David lived in the stronghold and called it the city of David. And David built the city all around from the Milo inward. And David became greater and greater, for the Lord, the God of hosts, was with him. I'll stop there.
1: Well, your comments, like I said, I've been talking too much. There's things that I could bring up right here, but your thoughts on this. What does this mean? Why why are are these things stated?
2: Yeah, well, first and foremost, why would they say we are your bone and your flesh? That's a rather interesting – I mean – the first things that come to my mind when you make a reference to bone and flesh are Adam and Eve. This is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And the second thing that comes to my mind is, is, um, the challenge that Satan, the testing basically, um, in Job, where he says, if you, if you strike his flesh or his bones, he will curse you. Um, Those are the first two things that come to mind, and it's rather interesting that it's used here uh, when the tribes come together and and literally say that they are going to be his body.
1: Riddle me this. It went to great lengths to make sure that you understood that this all took place in 40 years, and more importantly, that for seven years he was somewhere else. It took seven years. it It took seven years for the complete – for all the members, it took seven years for all of the building materials to come together onto the building site. You caught that, right? Right. This is my point. Are you so sure you just weren't given detailed parameters as to when Karaz rebellion occurred? I'm just asking. But you're right. Uh, He, the Lord our God, was very pointed to use key phrases in there to make sure you got the point. Make sure you got the point. I mean, there was no reason. There was no reason to clarify the seven years in Judah, and then he came and he made sure to tell. Now, the Lord your God was made sure to tell you that we ain't talking about Mount Zion. We're not talking about God's throne room. What did David call it? And he went way out of his way to make sure you knew it. He said it multiple times. He named it the city of David to make sure that you understand there was a difference. There's a whopping big difference between God's footstool. God loudly declares in the scripture that he rules from Zion. That's God's throne room in heaven. So we need to realize that, that um, he went way out of his way to say here.
2: And this overlaps way with the way. twenty years that uh it's the temple is not yet in the land when all this is going on. I I mean the Ark is not in the land. We're still in the twenty year exile of the Ark. Yeah. What would we be thinking if it wasn't? And what would we be thinking if it wasn't? You'd be looking at a temple. I mean, the the ark needs a resting place.
1: You would be thinking that he was talking about a physical structure. Right. You would be thinking that he was talking about a structure made with human hands. No, that's not what happened. Loudly declares here, loudly declares here, I mean, like, like you pointed out, what did the what did what did all the building materials finally say you are are bone and flesh i mean that's why that's why i that's why David made sure well that's why I pointed out what I pointed out. He wanted you to know that he wasn't – this wasn't in lieu of the construction of the heavenly temple. So he renamed the Zion what? He renamed it the city of David, David's city. So you knew it wasn't the Ark City. It wasn't the Ark City. Do you understand that? Now – Later, where did the Ark of the Covenant go? Yeah, it went there. But later, not now, then. So you're supposed to – I mean it gave you details. It just didn't give you all the details. I mean I guess here for more clarity he should have put – and by the way, the Ark of the Covenant was over here. Right? Mhm. I mean do do we have the technical data on that? Where was the Ark of the Covenant at this time?
2: Well it had been with the Philistines and then it went to Beth Shemesh and then it went to the house of oh goodness, what is what is his name? Um what is the that what is that man's name?
1: Must not be important, huh?
2: Oh, it's incredibly important Uh, Abinadab
1: That's right What did Abinadab have to do with David? Was that like his cousin or something? I mean, was he relation to David? I mean, he's going way out of his way to make sure you know that the building materials had nothing to do with the physical structure.
0: Right.
2: Well, how about the reference there to the lame and the blind?
1: Well, yes.
2: Um, I mean, that the, the, oh all those verses, verses 6 through 10, I mean, doesn't that seem like an odd? I mean, that just seems almost out of place in a way, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it seems out of place.
2: <laughs> I mean, let me, let me read this again. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem, against the Jebusites the inhabitants of the land who said to David you will not come in here but the blind and the lame will ward you off thinking David cannot come here nevertheless David took the stronghold of Zion that is the city of David and David said on that day whoever would strike the Jebusites let him get up the water shaft to attack the lame and the blind who are hated by David's soul Therefore it is said the blind and the lame Shall not come into the house And David lived in the stronghold And called it the city of David And David built the city all around From Milo inward And David became greater and greater For the Lord the God of hosts Was with him That just just seems very odd All those events
1: Well The lame were supposed to be able to Keep David out Was able to I mean, they made a point of saying that it is our lame that will become so strong they were able to defend this city. And these are the very ones that Christ ministered to the most. Exactly. Would not you say that is true?
2: Right, and literally. Uh starting on the, about the same date, right? David was 30 years old when these events began and wasn't right. Christ 30 years old? Exactly. I mean, exactly. What would people have said if the Christ had come and showed up on the scene and the lame were still lame and the blind still blind? You, you're the but son yet of God. But king. Right.
1: Right. The... Being the king wouldn't have cut it. Who cares? He'd have been no different than Herod, right? Right. (laughs) Well, um, Jesus knew exactly what had happened and exactly what had been said. The blind, the lame, the infirm, they'd been used as an insult. And Christ turned that on top of its head and said, no, that's the proof in the pudding. That's the proof in the pudding. So literally what the Jebusites said to David, (laughs) Jesus undone.
2: (laughs) Jesus inverted it. He inverted it. Which is literally what he does with the temple because people – he's going to do the inverse of what people are expecting him to do.
1: Right, right Exactly And here in this tale By extrapolation You get of whom and why uh, The only Jews That are of any Consequence to this day Is the Zadokim They alone have promises made To them that they shall Minister in uh Christ uh castle I guess because we're using so many different words uh Christ is going to be in a castle or a a temple and uh it's been promised to him uh in Ezekiel that Zadok and his children would specifically do that why well when David fled from Jerusalem during Carosh uh, I'm sorry I said that wrong did I say Caros rebellion I'm sorry um when David fled from Jerusalem, uh, when his son Absalom rebelled, uh, the ark went with David until he ordered who to take it back to its resting place. I asked Zadok. So uh, Jesus didn't take that very lightly. No, Jesus was like, "We'll we'll we'll take that to the bank because this happened." The Zadokim will endure, and those particular Jews, those Jews, they are Zadokim. They're not – they're literal descendants of Zadok. They will literally be the ones inside the temple because they're the only ones not accounted for. We know who's on Mount Zion with God the Father during the thousand-year reign of Christ. That's the Mosheim. We know who's going to be performing – uh, the external temple duties During the millennial reign of Christ That's the Team, The firstborn from the dead That's who that is They're resurrected And they perform all the duties Outside of the temple They're hamshadachim Well he never tells you Because he already did He don't need to repeat himself The people who run around And you know <laughs> Because it's real Tams you understand That there's going to have to be janitors Mm-hmm at Christ uh, – well, okay, here's the proper term. The Capitol building. There's going to have to be janitors in there. There's going to be people serving food, right? Yeah. Right?
2: Okay. Yes.
1: That's going to be the Zadakim. They're going to be literal Jews. You can say whatever you want to. You run around with a, like a chicken with your head cut off. It don't matter. God said the Zadakim is going to be the ones – they're not going to leave the the Capitol building. They have to stay inside. They're not allowed to come out like the Hamshara team, which are the temple officers, and you know go inspect. Um, well, the one thing that the Bible comes out very strongly and says that if you don't bring your tithe all the way to the Capitol building, doesn't matter if you're in you know Australia, you're going to bring your uh, not your cash. No, God don't care about cash. You're going to bring your food, your tithe, you're going to bring your tithe to the capitol building, and if you don't, the hamshotted team will just – it's just not going to rain on your property. Your neighbor right. will get rain. There will be square rain then. Rain will come in walls of water. You'll be able to walk right up to your fence and scratch your head and say, well, why is it raining on his side of the fence, not my side of the fence? Does The Zadakim are not allowed to do that. They're, they're not allowed to administer justice. That's the temple officers. So the Zadakim is not going to leave um, and I'm sorry that I referred to them as janitors i'm just trying to you know relay the information the the secretaries or you know the the employees that run the Capitol building right now there's tons of employees that run the run the Capitol building right now, right right Tim it doesn't matter if you're in washington d c or maybe even uh, Arizona Arizona has a Capitol building that it takes a great i mean it takes a lot of employees. you got the dudes that mow the grass, the guys that change the light bulbs, the guys that make the food down in the cafeteria, right?
2: Yeah, it's, it's all the administration. It's all, it's all of that.
1: Well, all of this tied to directly to the edifice of the temple. The te- the, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to be the Capitol building. Okay? Look at it like that. And your servants are going to be the Hamshadatim, and the ones that will wait on you hand and foot are going to be the Zadokim. There, There is no consternation. That's what God said. I, I don't care uh, what these SS shepherds tell you. They're lying to you. I'm just telling you what God said. That, that's what he said, and that's what he meant. So you, you need to realize that this is all part and parcel, a result of… Make no mistakes about it. The result of Korol's rebellion. In this instance, we have our shadow and silhouette through Absalom's rebellion. It is going to happen. You don't have a choice. Um, It's going to be the way God said. But during that time, uh, who got to take the temple or the Ark of the Covenant back to its resting place? Zadok. It's no lie here I mean Ezekiel chapter 40 uh, But the chamber which faces toward the north Is for the priest who kept charge of the altar These are the sons of Zadok Whom from the sons of Levi Came near to the Lord to minister to him You can believe whatever you want to believe Ezekiel chapter 43 verse 19 you shall give to the Levitical priest, who are of the offspring of Zadok, okay, you can think in your little bitty brain whatever you want to, that's what Christ the king just said. From the offspring of Zadok, who draw near to me, to minister to me, declares the Lord God. Okay, so it, there there is no uh, the next chapter He says, but the Levitical priest, what? Of the sons of Zadok, who keep charge of my sanctuary when the sons of Israel went astray from me. There's no consternation. He's coming right out. I'll finish it. They shall come near to me to minister to me, and they shall stand before me to offer me the fat and the blood declares the Lord. That's the way it's going to be. So you can lie. You can lie and say something else, but Literal Jews are going to survive the Assyrians' assault when the false prophet enters into the beautiful land to, to perform another slaughter of the innocents. Yeah, there are a bunch of them are going to die, but guess, guess who's going to be the survivors? Yeah, they're, they're real. I don't care what your bad shepherds tell you. I don't care. They're lying. I just told you what God said. I mean skip over uh, Four more chapters to 48 uh, I mean he's, he's It shall be for the priests who are Sanctified of the sons of Zadok Who have kept my charge Who did not go astray When the sons of Israel went astray As the Levites went astray So he's, he's not you, you, don't, you don't have no choice It's literal Jewish sons of Zadok That's who's going to be inside You don't even the Ham team are not going to be allowed to do this, just the faithful of the sons of Zadok for a reason I mean through the sons of Zadok, all the prophecies get fulfilled about God's physical promises to the Jewish people, but God just uses Zadok to reduce what he said to Moses, you know he was so mad he said, "I'll just kill them all and use you i will I I'll create me a people through you, Moses and Moses was like, no, 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 let's, please don't kill them all. Well, God completes what he really intended through Zedek. So, well, we are down to the close of the broadcast again. How is that possible? <laughs> Good grief. Good grief. <laughs> I rambled on for two hours. Um, we got 15 minutes in overdrive, Tim, so you better make it count. The mic is yours.
2: All right, um, I'm going to jump over here to Samuel, uh, 2 Samuel 7. And again, Samuel 6 is all about the returning of the ark into the land, which I think we've pointed this out on other episodes. That is a 20-year cycle, which is the exact same amount of time that it took for Jacob to leave Laban and to return to the place that he was supposed to be. Um, and of course, you see a picture of John the Baptist there with the ordering his sons to change their cloaks. Um, and you see a picture of that here in Samuel. But going on to, to Samuel uh, 2 Samuel 7, verse one is, is amazing. Now when the Lord now when the king lived in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. Before you're going to get a house built for God himself, you're going to see all of these enemies be put down. There's going to be rest. He makes that very, very plain. Um, starting in verse 4, you get an amazing prophecy here um, about this house. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I was brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day. And I have been moving about in a tent for all my dwellings. and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place, and be disturbed no more. And violent man shall no more afflict them, no more as formerly. From this time I have appointed judges over my people Israel, give you rest from your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you, That the Lord will make you a house when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your father. I will raise up your offspring after you who will come from your own body. And I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish a throne of his kingdom forever. And I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever in accordance with all these words and in accordance with all this vision Nathan spoke to David. There's a lot there
1: Oh my goodness There's a whole lot more there Than you can reckon in your mind Because he said a couple things that He said I will make you a house I understood What he said Now uh, some versions say That uh, you know Says I will make a house For you Um, But it doesn't matter uh what you're talking about, of course, uh, the break declared to this time he's talking about. When you're delivered from your enemies, okay, yada, 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 he's, he's talking about the kingdom of Christ. But, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, he, he definitely said what he said. He said he's going to make David a house. Now, you're um. thinking in your mind that… You're thinking, if we were talking about Thames, you're thinking that he was talking about an address. No, no he wasn't. He was saying he was going to turn David into a house. Now, you have to come to grips with a couple of things that's uh, being stated here, a couple of words being used. Because, well, like when you look in the Strongs or use electronic versions, it says H-Zero. That should get your attention uh your attention uh because uh that word he's using there's not in your strong, so if you can't if you can't see what he's saying, you have no clue what he's saying, but uh he definitely said that that i mean tam your your thoughts on that um but did he not say that that the lord <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't want to – I mean, we just don't have enough time for me to talk about it, but uh, it's important that we do. Amen. Because there's a strong – because there's a strong's number here – or there's a word here that doesn't have a strong's number, yet that's what God said, so. Right.
2: Well, and he he says that that, um, it's going to come from his own body, and I will establish, you know – I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your own body, and I will establish his kingdom. And, you know, that, that has meanings on multiple levels. I mean, where did the Christ come from? Did he not come from Mary? And is Mary not a picture of his church? And is not his church his body? This whole prophecy, this whole promise that he's making here—it's talking about the Christ, is it not?
1: There's no doubt about it. It can only be um, well. I, it's the only time when we're delivered from all of our enemies and we're given rest. Right. You're talking about the. You're talking. You're talking about the kingdom of heaven. You don't want the kingdom of Christ. You I don't. You can You cannot physically be talking about any other thing because David never sure had this.
2: No. Uh, and and the Christ you sure didn't you... have it either, right? I mean, this is talking about a dwelling of cedar that the a dwelling of cedar is not going to be moving. The tabernacle is something else. This dwelling is not going to move, and and the Christ made that clear. He think, what did He say? The Son of Man has no place to rest His head. This has not happened yet.
1: No, it it, it couldn't have happened yet. Look, what was going on? <sighs> Well, there were certainly still the the Philistines, the Assyrians, the Egyptians. Um, yeah, there was a period of peace, no doubt about it, but their enemies still existed, so this couldn't have ever happened. I mean, right. if this would have happened, Tim, 70 AD would have never happened. The temple would have never been – I mean, the Jewish people would have never been eradicated. I mean their language would have never been dead. It was dead for 2,000 years. You realize that. Um, <clears throat> Hebrew was not you know, reinvented until after Delich finished his New Testament translation. I mean that came about in the 40s. But yeah, you talk to Christians today, and they don't really – oh, yeah, Hebrew was spoken for thousands. No, Hebrew was a dead language for thousands of years. That's why we have no idea how to pronounce it. Your cantillation marks, your little jots and tittles, does nothing. Nobody knows how to pronounce it. But one thing's for sure. I mean, when, when, well, you know, when that lamed kuf is used, and the electronic strongs will just label it, oh, that's h zero. We don't know what that word is. You know, they can say whatever they want to. They can lie to you. I don't care. I know what it means. And we don't have time to elaborate on it, and that's not the message. It's not the what. That's not the message that Tim's and I are here to to deliver today. This is the message: You are going to be made into a temple. You. You're the building material, and you will not be the building material unless you are inspected, and it is proved that you are up to code. You don't have any porosity. Um, you don't have any defects. You don't have any knots in you that will cause you to split. And, of course, knots also create you, makes you crooked. It unstraightens you. Look, let me explain to you something about hardware, ladies and gentlemen. Do you know what makes a stud crooked so you can't put it in the wall? It's, a, it, it's called a knot, and it's extremely hard. For example... If you try to cut through a a knot in a oak board, it, it will tear the carbide right off your circular saw blade. It'll tear it right off. It'll start trying. It'll start smoking, burning it through because it's a hard spot. It's a knot. <clears throat> it's not only that; it makes the whole board crooked. I'm I'm telling you the truth. You don't have to believe me, but you got to make sure that there's no knots in you, no cracks, no splits. you there's no porosity in you. You're free from defects. And, and the Lord, your God, he's going to do that for you, just so you know. So, Thames, I guess your closing comments.
2: Well, um, we have more to get to here. Maybe the next time we get on, we'll get into the actual uh, unit of measurement that's going to be used for uh, the construction of this uh, facility.
1: Oh my, but, um, <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! And what measure is that? Riddle me! What 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 measurement is that?
2: <laughs> that would be a cubit. Um, um, there are, of course, a couple other references that can also be uh, brought well, up there as well. Riddle me.
1: Well, riddle me which one—the cubit or the royal cubit?
2: That would be the royal cubit.
1: I um, see, and that's proportionally different than the cubit, right? Anyway, <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll we'll get into those seven years that David ruled over Judah. Um, I'm sorry, did I confuse everybody? Well, that's all right. Um, anyway, we're down here to the last seconds. We've only got uh, 60 seconds left, so Tim's your uh, your goodbyes, and then I shall give mine.
2: God bless everybody. Um, please keep Matthew and Brian in your prayers. Uh, they go to great lengths to edify you on a weekly basis, so please keep them in your prayers. God bless. I love all of you.
1: I will echo Tim's blessing to you, it reminded me of Tiny Tim, so let me say it what Tiny Tim theoretically said, he said Merry Christmas everyone Tim said God bless everyone, I said Merry Christmas everyone, and by God that's what I meant because that's when I get my presence is when I become one I'm going to become the temple presented to the Christ my King. That's when I get my presence. And you know the the God haters, no no reason to mention words. They hate God. They hate they vehemently hate God and his Christ when they tell you not to, you know, celebrate Christmas. Well I'm telling you, Merry Christmas, everyone. My name is Matthew Miller. If you want to reach me well, you can reach me the same exact way that we mentioned that Hebrews chapter 3 said you could reach me. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed.